Welcome to A Town at the Movies. Today we are going to talk about Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Is that what it's called? I already forgot the long name. It's some number of planets. <laughs> Valerian and the City of Some Number of Planets. I believe that is the the active title. Yeah. So for those that may not know the background on this, we decided to do this kind of partly because I went and saw this movie in theaters and uh, I didn't sit through the whole movie. And I remember you, Charlie, were very fascinated at the fact that I left through a movie. Yeah. I think we talked about it on our on our original show that's still going, yeah. A-Town FM. And if we did, I'll, I'll find a link and put it in the show notes. Yeah. But it was something that definitely fascinated me because that concept is foreign to me. Right. So long story short, um, I don't know whether it was because I was tired and cranky that day, which I absolutely was. It was like, I don't even remember what it was. It was some situation where I only had like three hours of sleep. So I was pretty tired whenever I saw the movie. And so it came out on Amazon Prime. So we decided, well, why don't we watch that? Uh, Because we were both originally interested in the movie when the trailers originally came out. And um, we just thought, why don't we watch that and see if you like it and if my mind had changed. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. And before we get to anything else, I just want to ask, did your mind change? My mind did change. It did not change on, uh, if you remember, my original criticism was like I thought the male actor, uh, the lead role was sort of miscast. And Mr. Valerian. Yeah, I was a little less annoyed by him, but um, still kind of annoyed. But uh, the movie around it was okay to make up for it. Yeah, and to be clear, the thing that I was amazed by watching this with you was how soon it was that you said, oh, I didn't make it this far. Like, you didn't even get halfway through the movie. Well, it's a it's like a two-hour and 40-minute movie. I made it a good 30, 40 minutes in. So there was a lot of movie that you hadn't seen. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I said I made it a healthy chunk into it. Maybe not halfway, but I made it in there. So your original problem was the main guy, and you've kind of you kind of backed off on your your hatred, seething hatred of him, but maybe not, still not a huge fan. Yeah. So it's uh, what, what's his name, Daniel Dehan, right? I have no idea. I think that's him. It's it's the it's the one that was originally in that indie movie Chronicle. Yeah, which I really liked that movie. My memory of it, anyway. Yeah. And he actually has been in other stuff, and he's a good actor. So I was sort of, um, I think my problem with him was that he's, and it's no offense to him, but he's like this small, skinny, like deep-voiced actor that it just, he was playing this role in the movie that felt more like a traditional sci-fi action hero type role. And he just was playing this like, oh, I'm a bad boy, tough guy. And it was just really jarring to me because it didn't fit him and his voice to me. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, That opening scene of him sort of wooing the girl was very awkward. Yeah, yeah. And and I didn't, I, I think you said you kind of felt the same about both of them. I actually didn't have a problem with her. Like, there's a lot of times where, I mean, I think her background is she's like a model or something like that. And I, I a lot of times when you have situations like that where they just, let's get someone attractive and throw them in this movie, it normally doesn't do well for acting. And I'm not going to say she's a good actor, but I didn't have any problems with her. Like, she was fine. She's been in a couple other movies, I, and she's one that I don't really mind. Like, she doesn't ever bug me. I don't feel like I'm watching someone try to act, if that makes sense. I think both <laughs> of them were fine for me, but 
them together was uncomfortable. Yeah, there really wasn't chemistry there. But I felt that from both of them. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like it was all him. It was like when they were together, they both were uncomfortable to me. But on their own, I thought both of them were fine. And and for those that don't know, Valerian is a, I believe it's originally like a French science fiction comic that dates back from even before Star Wars by a few years. And uh, so it's like this old European comic book property. And I actually did read a couple of them just to see like what it was like before the movie originally came out. And the characters are much more adult in the movie. Like they clearly were just going for let's find some teenager looking actors to play the lead roles here oh were they like kids in the book no 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 i'm saying in the comic book they're more like adults oh oh okay they feel like a couple if that makes sense that has a lot of history together um and that didn't feel like this that dynamic just didn't work in this movie picking these two young actors. i don't disagree that that's that's what i mean by it was kind of jarring and uh because yeah i'll just leave it at that but aside from that um, I will say I actually enjoyed the movie around it. Um, I do think there was some issues, but we'll get to that. Yeah, and I think this is a good movie to do our strategy of kind of walking through the plot. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that happen. Yeah. And I'd like to focus more on the, the set pieces and stuff than the actual, just the general feeling of the movie. Because that, to me, is where this movie really shines. Yeah, the opening credits is probably my favorite part of the movie, which is not is not to disparage the rest of it. Yes, so it, it starts out with the space station as it is right now, and then it's playing... Uh, space Oddity by David Bowie. Yes. Or Major Tom, for people that don't know the title. Right. And it's showing over the years the space station growing into you know a more multinational, and then... You know, it shows the first like aliens showing up and they sort of add on. And then it's just, it's this like giant organism that grows to where it's the size of like the whole earth basically. And then it shoots off into its own like extreme super space station planet thing. Would you say that it's the size of a thousand planets? (laughs) I might, I might say that. (laughs) That might be a good descriptor. No, it's the size of some number of planets. Yeah. But no, I I love that opening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a good example of things to come, and that was just raw creativity. Yeah. Like, whether that's coming from the comics or the minds of the movie makers, I don't know. But it it just felt like you anything could happen here, and there really weren't a lot of tropes other than character tropes. No, but in right. terms of, like, the world, it's like this was just pure creativity. And any time where you did feel a trope come in, you would be quick to remind me that, remember, this came out three years before Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, there really was just a lot of interesting, creative stuff. And the very next thing we see after the space station scene is maybe one of the most extreme versions of that, which is that, like, beach planet. It's very, yeah, beach planet with these aliens that reminded me a lot of uh, the cloners and Attack of the Clones. Oh, see, I was going with the, uh, they look like the babies in Galaxy Quest. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true, too. They were much taller. <laughs> like, right before they uh, they grew their fangs and started attacking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it jumped right in and was just like, hey, this movie is really weird, and you're going to have to be okay with that. Yeah, and so this part of the movie 
is pretty much not really i don't think there's really any dialogue was there any subtitled stuff at all or was it mostly just i mean they non they did talk uh but, we, but you don't understand yeah it. i don't remember if there was dialogue or if there was subtitles i don't think there was yeah because we definitely didn't really understand what was happening there was just right they were feeding but, the pearls a little like monster thing and then it started pooping out all the pearls yeah so they so they put this like pearl inside this little creature and it apparently can like replicate stuff and that actually does apparently become a a big point the main driver of the plot for a while right right so um this planet though uh these aliens are enjoying their day on the beach and all of a sudden an aerial battle breaks out over their planet which was pretty cool yeah so i want to stop here and just say like this movie was a was a was a bomb. Not a lot of people saw it, but um, the um, like creativity that covers it. But like, this is a good looking movie. Yes, it doesn't feel cheap. Like it's sort of a shame to see that this wasn't a bigger box office hit just for the sake of spectacle, because there was a lot of effort put into this. Like things look really good. And every place they go is just, like, vastly different. And the amount of detail that goes into things just, like, in the background on a planet or in a building or whatever is just incredible. Yeah, it felt like there was a lot of just love and care put into it. Right. And there was, yeah, like you said, just there was so much effort and you could feel it. Everything felt vibrant and interesting and real. Except for a couple casting choices, but we'll leave that as Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, we'll get to that right now, because the planet explodes. We see the little, the woman hero alien uh, die in the explosion, and then we jump to your favorite hero, Valerian, having, apparently, that whole scene was a dream that he was having, right? No, it was like, uh, they were like on a holodeck, I thought, like from Star Trek. Well, no, 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 he wakes up thinking he was having oh, a dream but he is right. on a beach a really uncomfortable looking green screen beach with apparently his girlfriend this whole scene didn't make sense to me because they're supposed to have like a platonic relationship at this point but she's like basically riding him in a bikini it's very weird yeah i don't know it it doesn't make a lot of sense it's it's flirting that's what people do apparently so i don't know yeah so this was the beginning of our <laughs> awkward relationship where she's like Apparently not into him, but it was like, what were they? I don't know. It was just a weird, the whole scene was just weird. And, but luckily, like you said, it was a holodeck. We quickly jump out of it. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say a reference that uh, a lot of the kids might understand out there. She is basically every female character in a John Green novel. (laughs) She's just like sarcastic and like to the max. And actually, I think she was in a John Green novel movie adaptation, but no. that's neither here nor there. You know, do you know what I'm talking about, Charlie? Like, I don't know. Like, Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. And... I was going to say, isn't that like Hank Green's brother or something? No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just know that, like, typically a lot of his characters apparently are known for being like, oh, I'm I'm weird and quirky and sarcastic and know a lot of things. Except uh, she didn't really have any pleasant dialogue. Like... I, I don't know. I, I'll say this. Like, that was what was weird about the introduction to these two main characters is there was no fun. I think they were trying to have fun, but it was like, it felt more like, oh, these are two people I'm going to hate spending three hours with. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. You start out insulting each other and fighting like that. Not... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So let's move along quickly then. So they get sent off to this planet to go get uh, this thing, which 
we find out is the little replicator creature, right? Yeah. And this was one of the first, like, kind of cool concept things that they did in this whole action sequence. So, ignoring the plot here, this planet, it's basically like a giant sand planet, but it's, like, as you enter it, it seems like it's like a tourist destination. So, like, there's a bunch of essentially just straight up buses with rockets on the back that are dropping off tourists who go in and they put on these glasses and walk into this empty desert space. But when they put the glasses on, it looks like they're in this thriving marketplace. And at first, right. You're like, so they're, it's like a VR thing. Like they're faking that they're in this place. But the thing that's sort of revealed, and I don't remember if they said it or if it just like, you suddenly realize what's going on is that in reality, they're like, it's like a linked portal to this other place that is real to, yeah. the, The words they use is it's another dimension. So the shopping marketplace, the, the devices or whatever, somehow link them to this other dimension where it's just this massive shopping place. Yeah. So they're in real life. They're walking around with these goggles on, but then they have a way of to interact with this other world. Yeah. And then there's these big boxes that you can put things in and it'll actually teleport it between the two. And so they go around and they shop and then they take their stuff and they put it in a box and then it pops up in their real world. Right. And then they can grab it and take it home. And, and I'll add like the kind of like the like the aesthetic of a lot of these places in this movie. Like whenever we say shopping center, it feels very much like something you might see in Star Wars where. Oh, yeah. Like it's very lived in. Like it's sort of the aesthetic that they choose for most of the stuff in this movie. It's not like future it's like lived in universe right and then like lots of times with this movie they just played around very creatively with this concept so like the main you know valerian he he's on this like secret mission and he gets this little box where he can put his hand in right and so just his hand with the gun is actually in the other dimension but then he has his goggles on so he can see what's going on in the other dimension right and they just they just really played with that throughout this whole sequence in a lot of different ways that were really fun i felt like yeah yeah and and so they get the creature that they're looking for which you know they don't really know what it is but we know as viewers of the movie that it's the thing that can replicate stuff from the planet that apparently was destroyed well and i think they do know what it is because she at one point does say like let's see if you're really worth it or something and she gives him a piece of like like her oh, earring right. or something so yeah yeah they were aware of what the thing was yeah and then and like in this whole segment of the movie again very much like a star wars just lots of different aliens and creatures and chase scenes and stuff like that and like asides where they're showing us we're sort of following this family along while at the same time it's cutting to valerian's thing where he's got his hand in the box with the gun and then also cutting to uh the girl is her name loreline i think it's loreline yeah i have that written down yeah it's french but i don't know how to pronounce it she's like on watch with this other guy i don't remember all the details with that and at one point she has to go into the shopping mart but with without the goggles on and that in itself Mm -hmm. creates some really funny scenes oh yeah yeah i will say this though the only part of this movie the only segment of, of this part of the movie rather that i thought was a little weird and maybe i just misunderstood something that happened um so uh valerian 
whenever he gets the object that there's or he where whenever he gets the creature that they're supposed to get um part of the thing that causes the whole chase and a ruckus is that he decides to take like the pearl that he sees as well which is something they're not necessarily there to get oh i don't think i didn't think they even really realized that he took the pearl i thought they were just chasing after him because he took the thing which was worth so, oh lot. see I, I thought it was because he saw him take the pearl too and i was thinking like because if you remember as they proceed to escape everyone dies but them two and i just sort of felt like well that was sort of a douchey thing to do you just got everyone killed oh yeah in the bus you mean yeah yeah yes as they're like escaping <laughs> and right. they send the big like john carter dog after right them, yeah yeah yes yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like i said i don't i don't think it had anything to do with the pearl because he you know, he was taking the pearl, and then the pig thing was like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. But I don't yeah, think it was yeah. because of that. I think it was just, In like they said throughout this movie, this thing is extremely valuable, and there's lots of people that are going to want to get it. Yeah. Okay. So they uh, they they get in some chase scenes and escape this planet with right. the thing that they were sent to get, and everybody dies but them, too. <laughs> yep. And so then we travel to the space station, a.k.a. The city of a thousand the city planets, of a thousand or planets. some number, right? Yes, <laughs> and this is where we meet uh, weird Clive Owen. Yeah, so Clive Owen is apparently um, in charge of security of the, of the entire station, or something along those lines, or Earth's representative of that in some form or fashion. Right, he's like a governor, or like yeah, president of the humans or something. Yeah, and we see and like uh, so he's like their i guess team lead on this that he's the one that had them go to retrieve the the stuff or the creature and um we also see that in a back room without them knowing that he's torturing one of the aliens from that planet what what <laughs> they're called pearls i don't know if you caught that. oh the aliens are? yeah which is kind of confusing i did not yeah, yeah they kept it, calling them confusing. the pearls so i think that was gotcha. the the name of the aliens oh, okay yeah so he's torturing one and I, I don't remember what information he's trying to get. Though. I think he's trying to get where the like other ones are at because he his whole thing was he oh, wanted to get right. rid of which we find out later. Yes, he wanted to get rid of the the race because of this mistake that he had made. They like know about it and right, know, it would end right. him or whatever. Yeah, and so um, while they're in like a council meeting with other representatives, I think that's sort of the next. Uh, part i don't want to skip over anything major they're like discussing what they're going to do and then they are because i think they're told that like there's some sort of threat incoming to the station or whatever yeah so there there's a thing in the station that's apparently leaking radiation but every time people go in they don't come back out is what they say Ah, okay so they don't know what's going on and so they're having this meeting about that and then all of a sudden all the lights turn off and the Pearl aliens all come in and they take Clive Owen. Yeah, and they they shoot everybody with like these goo wrap gum yeah. guns, which was again like everything in this movie just feels like a weird idea, and it just like envelops people's entire bodies, and then they take yeah Clive Owen. And that's when we get this insane chase scene because Valerian cleverly sees what's happening and sets himself up so i think he has a little bot or something that like he puts in his mouth that like will cut open the stuff i don't know somehow he knew it was going to happen and so he got himself out pretty quickly and then he (laughs) runs through the space station like chasing after these these aliens and this whole scene was just completely insane like 
I will, if you have no interest in seeing this movie, I will find, surely there's a clip of this scene on YouTube and I'm going to find it and link it mm-hmm. because it's just insane to me. Like it's a very long scene of him bounding through like just countless different deeply well thought through like worlds. I feel like, yeah, like yeah. just really casually, like he'll just fly through a thing. But like, I'm like, man, if I freeze frame here, I bet I would see like a culture just in the corner that clearly had like a whole thing thought through about its history. And I don't know. It was just, yeah. it felt so like dense. Honestly, it reminded me like I have written down while we were watching it. This feels like Zootopia. Oh, which yeah. is a weird connection to make, but there were scenes in Zootopia like that too, where it's just, you know, a quick scene where it's flying through a couple of these areas. And it's like, my God, like people thought through this so deeply because it's, it almost feels like you're, you're witnessing like a real economy and, set of cultures that there is something that has been thought through on how these things all interact. And I don't know something about this chase scene, I guess, cause it just flew through a whole bunch of them all really quickly. I right. was really enjoying that. Yeah. And, and so he eventually gets to a point where he's in a ship chasing after the, is he in aliens. like his Millennium Falcon ship or a different one? I don't know. No, it's a different one. Okay. He got in some sort of thing because it was like underwater. It was like in liquid or something, I want to say. I don't know. But um, they're chasing after this ship. Eventually gets to a point where he can't go any further. Loses communication with Laureline and the ship explodes. So she wonders whether he's dead, but is going to go find him. So I'll just say this and we can touch on individual parts. I'm not sweeping over it, but... At this point in the movie, the whole middle section of the movie essentially becomes save Valerian, then they split up, and like then he saves her, right? Yeah, and then you have the finale. So there's like this middle thing where it almost feels like, well, what are we going to do with the middle act? Let's just yeah, let's just play with this world and take turns saving them, and just do and just go along with it and do a bunch of set pieces. Yeah, I think I agree because it's like I never found myself caring that much about the story happening. But I was happy to follow it in order to find all these new places, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So in the middle act of the movie, um, it's just having fun. It's not really, uh, there's no real aim. It's eventually going to get to the conclusion. But it's one of those things where they could have just made it straightforward to the conclusion. And it would have and it would have made just as much sense. It's just there wouldn't have been as long of a movie. Right, yeah, so. that's right. It definitely could have used some <laughs> editing on the story front. But because they didn't do that, we got to see a whole bunch of things, including these three weird little like snitches, I guess, is the only way I can think to describe them. To me, they remind me a lot of what Watto was designed after. Yeah. Now, so Watto in Star Wars, right? Yeah. He he was like a a Jewish stereotype, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it's like I, I know it's like an extreme one. But for whatever reason, that's never registered that much. I don't know if I've just not seen things that were stereotyping uh, Jewish people in that way necessarily. It was it was both his accent and the fact that he was constantly concerned about money. Yeah, I think the accent I would have picked up on and the money thing when I was 10, I definitely didn't. But in hindsight, I probably would. But now he yeah. is so ingrained in my mind as a character that right. I don't it, like necessarily feel that connection. But I did feel that about these guys. I don't think... Yeah, I... Oh, you did? In terms of their accent and stuff. You you did or did not feel that? I did. Really? Because I thought they were just... They had, they had like weird high-pitched voices. Not like offensively. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I got that same sort of feeling. And I, I can't describe it. Like, I'm not familiar with Jewish culture that much or stereotypes about them. So, yeah. you know, I, maybe it was very offensive. I don't know. But but I got that sort of, sort of Watto-ish vibe from them as well. Yeah, but I'm just saying, to me, it was just more aesthetic because they yeah, were yeah. very different types of uh, setup and personality. Right. Right. Nothing. Yeah, that's true. Well, they were kind of worried about money a lot, too, but they were like, like I said, honestly, what they really oh, reminded me the most yeah. of is the the snitch from Recess, <laughs> the the show, oh. you know, the one that's always yeah. tattling. Randall, is it? Yeah, yes, Randall. Yeah, Randall. Where it's like, they're the ones who get all the information and like, everybody will go to them for information, but then everybody's like leery of them because they're really sketchy, too. Yeah. But I don't know. They're kind of lovable at the same time. I don't know. I really liked those characters. And and I will say, like, as so I, I did read this particular comic, like, I, I think I told you this. It was like, they literally ripped that design off the page. It was really well adapted. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that so those three little alien things, uh, they help Laureline track down uh, uh, Valerian. Yeah, they get, in the, they get in the submarine and they go capture a jellyfish from a gigantic fish. Like, there's this whole, like epic kind of scene but it's just kind of thrown in there yeah just weird like that's a scene that they could have found a way to cut around but but it was kind of fun that we got to see it yeah and then yeah she ends up fine oh no go ahead oh i was just gonna say like to me uh so i'm not gonna pretend like this is like this movie is some like magnum opus to sci-fi but one thing that i like seeing in sci-fi movies is whenever they just embrace weird stuff because that's kind of the whole point Uh, not the whole point but that's a thing that you can do with the medium is just do anything you want to it's kind of like you know the same with fantasy as well like right why would you limit yourself to these like super grounded gritty ideas when you can do all this crazy stuff and they really took advantage of that with why don't we have them get a jellyfish to do this so yeah, that they can exactly. find that and it's like sure you could have just had someone give them the information but they decided to go a really weird route so right and so and so she eventually does find Valerian and then immediately she then gets captured by a different set of aliens and now he has to go on a mission to rescue her, right? Yeah. And they're these like weird fat uh sort of monstrous alien thingies. Yeah. And so he goes into what is essentially I guess Vegas uh yeah. alien Vegas, which was a whole very very weird scene. Yeah, you could tell, like, the, okay, so for people that don't know, apparently Rihanna is in this movie, and you will know at the end of this 15-minute segment of the movie that Rihanna is in this movie. Yeah. yeah they, because uh, they just really... Um, get their money's worth. Yeah, they they decide to do an entire, like, awkward, it feels like 10-minute long dance sequence with her, and you're just sort of like, okay, looking at your watch, when is this over? Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's his name is super creepy. Uh, oh, yeah. Ethan Hawke is in yeah, this. And Ethan Hawke, it just shows up as a super, super creepy, I guess, pimp. Is that essentially what Alien he was? Alien cowboy pimp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very weird. But uh, the end of result of this is now Valerian has a shapeshifter friend who is going to help him rescue Laureline. And so, and, and this is another example of the movie using the environment to actually solve the problems because right you know she's a shape shapeshifter and now like she could shapeshift as the the weird fat aliens and he can like be inside of her while they right. go to rescue <laughs> again this is very weird but it, weird yeah some of it's a little too weird to where it feels almost a little 
awkward watching, but um, it, it it's not the whole movie. So. Right. And so then they go, and it turns out Laureline is being sent to the king of the fat aliens to serve her head as like a dish to eat. Yeah, they, they put this massive sombrero on her that has a hole at the top right. that they're apparently going to cut off her Apparently head, it's so. actually like a plate or something. And yeah. so <laughs> then there's a big fight scene that ensues and Valerian rescues Laureline, but not without Rihanna going down, which right was, I, I, I actually didn't mind her character, but what I didn't like was because she was all like CG whenever she was shape-shifting, mm-hmm. it was very, very clearly voiceovered. And it was like oh, very yeah. jarring. So I was kind of glad that that was over. <laughs> I, I will say this. So like there was a couple back and forth saving stuff, but it it almost like, so I like that they made both of the characters competent. Like even as they're in the throne room to like try and get her out, she sort of already had started freeing herself, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. And, and vice versa as well. Like they didn't, they didn't do like traditional damsel in distress type role. Yeah. They were certainly played as equals. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, they're both sarcastic. They have no chemistry, but they can get. But they have no chemistry together, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, so yeah, I I did like that about this movie as well. Yeah. So then the next thing, which is getting towards the end, they find the the pearl alien people. There's our big reveal that Clive Owen actually was like a general of the army that was in that dream. Like his army was the one that ended up destroying that planet sort of inadvertently so that that wasn't that wasn't a dream uh so well, what no that right was... it wasn't actually a dream it was a vision that she yeah. had sent to valerian right yeah right yeah so yeah clive owen was was in charge of the call to that ended up destroying the planet of all these aliens and so we find out that he's been torturing and trying to find the rest of them so that he can kill them all and erase this mistake that he made right and what they want is They've spent all this time. Oh, and I don't know if we specified this, but like a group of them escaped the planet on like a a ship. Yeah, one of the hijacked ships. Yeah, and so they had spent all of that time learning about new technology because they were really smart, but they weren't an advanced uh, species or whatever. Right. And so they learned all this stuff, and now they can make spaceships and all that. And all they wanted to do was get their replicator creature back and then leave. Yeah, and. So with this sort of reveal of the movie, I, I think we kind of talked about this while we were watching it. It was interesting because this is a pretty like, it feels like very blockbustery type movie. But this portion of the movie had a surprising like moral undertone to it, if that makes sense. There was a very, like they purposely, I feel like have Clive Owen, who is now revealed as a villain, to constantly be calling them savages, which oh, is a yeah, pretty... Yeah. <laughs> and uh like he st- he very clearly is wanting to also steal their technology for their own use and it's like there's this very like pillaging other cultures for our own gain and not really caring sort of theme to it right and uh like i think i think i even wrote it down there's even uh i think they sort of spell out kind of the point they say they have one of the characters say like unless you're unless you make peace with your past you won't have a future. Ooh. Like one of the Pearl aliens says that at one it's point. It's very heavy. Yeah. And so it was like really interesting that it's like, you're not really expecting much out of this movie, but they actually had this interesting point at the end of it. So yeah. um, 
it's not going to change change the world, but no. it was especially since nah, nobody saw it. Yeah, there's a. It was kind of nice to see that there was actually some sort of depth and thought put behind the storyline, at least. Right. <laughs> so so yeah, there's a big like standoff. Uh, nothing really super exciting here, and the end result is good guys win. They they get to escape with their with their replicator people, and Valerian and Laureline go with them, but then they like leave in our in like an escape pod from the alien ship right yeah and then that's kind of where the movie ends right yeah and uh what what happened with clive owen's character i forgot uh i i know uh, no laurel there was a shot of Loreline just punching him apparently for 10 minutes straight oh that's right i forgot about that <laughs> either way he was brought to justice whether it was he was killed somehow or he was just arrested i think he was just arrested right oh okay yeah. So, yeah, overall, like, this movie, I mean, it was surprisingly not as bad as I originally remembered whenever I watched 30 minutes of it really tired and cranky and left. Um, I still maintain that, like, not. I really think the main male actor was a miscast, but um, it, it, you get used to it. You're sitting through this thing for three hours, so... Yeah. You get you get used to the fact that you're dealing with him, and you kind of get over it quickly. And, and you're not there for him. You know, right. You just right. have to stomach him to get to all the creative uh, dessert everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, there are some parts that sort of uh, shoot for the stars and don't really land. I Like there is some weird jarring stuff in it. But I will say overall, I think my opinion of it sort of changed and I, I did enjoy the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'd put my Rotten Tomato score. I I think I'd put it up at like 75%. I I enjoyed it a lot more than a lot of the okay superhero movies that come out because it was just so different and fresh. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And and honestly, I like the space opera, you know. I like the quote bad Star Wars uh elements. Not not even saying whether movies are good or bad, but even like elements of it that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like. I tend to just like the sort of extreme sci-fi-ness. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. And this movie just had a lot of it. I would probably put this at like a 65, 70, something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I had mentioned this to you. I would put it sort of in the same category as John Carter personally. Like, it's not one of the top tier sci-fi movies ever made, but um, it's not a bad movie and it's definitely worth watching just for like sort of the creativity and effort put into it alone it feels very european to me yes like a very european sci-fi movie (laughs) which you know makes sense given the the director and the source material right exactly yeah all right so if you have any thoughts want to tell us what you think of valerian if you go and see it because you listen to us and you're angry at us because you didn't like it or you're happy because uh we pointed out a gem that you missed in theaters you can let us know by going to atownmovies.com or going to atownfm.com and going to any of our social media or any of those places which you can find on our website. Yep, sounds good. Done?